number three. Happy Friday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It's the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete. Glad you're here or there, wherever you are. I'm not watching you, I promise. Uh, 704-570-1110. What? I'm not a ring. I'm not an Amazon ring camera. 704-570-1110-1800. WBT-1110. Uh, no, uh, the smell is still... It's not... It's not around Charlotte anymore, so if somebody's trying to convince you that there's another, like, weather inversion going on, no, it's not. It's it's just them, probably. Um, anyways, going over a bunch of different topics. They all kind of relate, though. Education, higher education. We were going over the student loan forgiveness in the first hour. Went over the briar patch, how, you know, it's a catastrophic, morally repugnant thing to be considering to do that the president is considering to do is the loan forgiveness. Um, why he was doing it. Apparently is, there's this push from Stacey Abrams inside of the, uh, the white house for this. And there might be an upside here. There's definitely a downside for Democrats because if they don't forgive all of the loans, you're going to get people that are like, well, it's not the full amount. I owe 50,000. I own 200,000. You didn't forgive it all. Thanks a lot. Joe only forgave 10 grand. You know, that's, that is a very real mentality, I would submit, probably, particularly among a lot of their core constituents. But that's a that's a real risk. And then the other side of this is that the backlash that would ensue from working class people that do not have college degrees, from people who went to college and paid them off, for people who went to college and work their way through college. Right? I mean, I understand the. The arguments, like these stories that were in the Charlotte Observer story about, uh, you know, these individuals, and I'm the first one to go, first one in my family to graduate college. Yeah. Uh, my brother, uh, my parents didn't go to college. They didn't, they didn't or they, they didn't graduate. Dad went to college and then dropped out and went to Vietnam. And uh, mom went to Dominican Commercial up in New York, which is a secretary school. So uh, not, they, they didn't attend universities. My brother was the first one to go. He went to the Citadel. And then I was the second. I went to Winthrop. And I was uh, I was under loans. We took out loans. And I worked. And paid off the loans. That's how that happened. I got into... I, so here, I got into James Madison University. Couldn't afford it. And they didn't offer us any scholarship money. They didn't give me any kind of assistance. I couldn't qualify for... Anything else, and the loans were the tuition was so expensive back then, and uh, so I went to Winthrop. Like those are the decisions that people make, and 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 I made. So no, I'm like I don't have a particularly soft shoulder for you to cry on. I recognize this. I am self aware. Uh, let me go over to Stacy. Hello, Stacy. Welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey. Hey. How are you? I'm good. What's up? I enjoy your show so much. You make me laugh every day. <laughs> well, thank you. That's, that's what I strive. I want to be entertaining and informative, preferably both, but I'll settle uh, mainly for entertaining if I have to pick one. You're both. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have an idea. Yeah. For every 5000 they want removed from yeah. their student loan debt, they serve one year active duty in any branch of the military. Uh, is that the kind of person you want in the military? Well, they're having a really hard time recruiting. Right That's now. true. That is true. That's true. So, yeah. You put them in some areas that are not quite essential areas, right. maybe. Yeah. Now, there is, so there is a, 
there is, in fact, some uh, federal loan forgiveness program that if you go work in certain nonprofits and government sectors, they, they do forgive those loans if you go they to work. Do. Yeah, and yeah. also teachers. We need teachers. Good uh-huh. teachers. Yeah. yeah. Well, you need a four-year degree and some, and some skills. Well, there's, yeah, there's the, there's the problem. There's a four-year problem degree and some skills. Four-year degree and some skills. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're getting the skills at the four-year degree. I think those are, like, mutually exclusive, it seems like, nowadays. But the military has a GI Bill program, or I think they still do. Okay. Yeah, so... Join the military and earn money for college and serve your country and actually learn some skills. And get the big, fat bonuses. I heard Brett Winterbull talking about them yesterday. Massive bonuses they're handing out right now to get people to enlist. So depends on yep depends on what what you go in for right or yep yeah Stacy thanks for the call I appreciate it have a good one all right you too have a great weekend uh let me go over here to Stan hello Stan what is going on hi Pete how are you doing today hey, I'm good what's up okay you talked about a story on Wednesday and um, on Tuesday the day before you brought up that story I, I live in an apartment complex that I moved into about uh, two and a half years ago okay. And it was a great apartment. It was gated, everything. And then about a year into it, I started noticing a decline. Mm. Uh, is this like in the South Park area? Just the clientele. It was, this is in Fort Mill, by the way. Oh, okay. Right. And, I thought and maybe so, you were in my apartment building. I was going to... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. So so anyway, so yeah. So then I, I got you get emails like amenities are now closed due to misuse. Uh, I got one about like have they wanted to have... If their kids were out by themselves without parents, they would take them back to the apartment. And so on and so forth. So then... On Tuesday, I get this email from them, and it says, as of June 30th, this is like 12 days earlier they started this, they are no longer going to accept applications or funds from SC State or other rental assistance programs. And so unless they receive those funds in their office before June 30th, as of July 1st, they will no longer be accepting those. Interesting. In essence, they just didn't like the government controlling their private property. And so they're willing to not take those funds and give give up those funds so they can keep their rights. So what? So what's the trade-off for taking the? And this is for—is this a grant program or is this like—is this vouchers, Section Eight vouchers? It's well, it's, it says in all other funds too. So basically, they're not accepting any any monies any. more. And they said if it becomes from something called SC Stay after July first, they're going to return those payments. So they're they're not even going to take any government money for anything anymore because they, they they would rather have the market people who actually will come in there and pay the rent and appreciate and take care of it mm-hmm. as opposed to not. Is, have they gotten new property management or something in the meantime over the last? No, they have not. Uh, I know it changed hands about a year and a half ago, and I think maybe they had a policy there of accepting those payments when it changed. But I think they've seen uh, the uh, the the downsides of all that. Right. Yeah. Look, I mean, and you know firsthand. I can say it as well. I did not care for the property the same as I care for my own. Renters do not care for the property as much as they care if you if they are owners, and that's just with everything in life. If you bought your first car. You baby that thing versus if you got your first car from your parents, you know, it's just you do or you're driving your parents car or you're driving a rental car. Right. It's just it's a different uh, it's a different mindset. And, uh, well, and I, it's, the whole, it's the whole thing with the student loan programs. If you yeah. know that you're going to have to pay that money back and you're not going to get any government assistance at all, you will get a degree that you make sure you can pay that money back. But when the government's going to pay for it, you don't care what kind of degree you get. The other thing is kind of it kills me on this stuff is like a lot of these courses that the professors teach, it's the same course they've been teaching for years. They're like literally not even doing any new show prep. I mean, I do right. show prep all day, every day. 
for basically 14 hours a day. When I'm not on air, I'm prepping. ABP, man, always be prepping. And so I don't understand. I build a show every day, and these guys write a, a curriculum or whatever, and they just, they just repeat it every year. Well, even if you're going to get your master's degree, your doctorate, you've got to write about something new. Mm. True. Yeah, it's, well, Pete, I, Pete, yeah, it's I, one I of the reasons I haven't done the Masters. Uh, many reasons, actually. I enjoy your show, Pete. All right, buddy. Thanks, Stan. I appreciate the call. <laughs> oh, that no, it's it's a that's an interesting uh, response. And uh, look, that that apartment building is going to be more nimble, and they're going to make more money. And I think yes, you're you're attracting a different clientele. You are because you are. I mean, it's just I've lived in I've lived in various settings. My life in my life, I've lived in a lot of apartment buildings. In my life, some good, many not so good. Many not so good. I have seen firsthand, and I've lived next door, above and below, different people, and people treat these apartments. Uh, like, for example, there was one my we moved Christy into in Uptown here, and pretty quickly it turned into, uh, you know, sort of like a, a frat house. Which was would have been fine for me, you know, 30 years ago, well, 20 years ago. That would have been fine 20 years ago, but not so much anymore. You know, eh, I'm in my I'm in 40s. I don't, don't, don't need to be, you know, dealing with the kids drinking and vomiting in the elevator. You know, like that kind of just, that could be fun. <laughs> anyway, fun. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Email to Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Pete, do you know what the difference is between a rental and an SUV? A rental car will go anywhere. It's true. Rental car will go anywhere. Um, On the earlier topic about what men or what, yeah, what men and women look for. Men marry for beauty. Women marry for money. There's nothing new about that. <laughs> uh, that is from Mike. Um, yeah, but now there's a study. See, there was a study done, and so now it's... All right, speaking of... Uh, oh, sorry, one other thing. This is... Uh, it's a Pete tweet. This is from Tom. Apparently, millennials can afford Teslas, but they cannot repay their student debt obligations. That seems to... Yeah, that does seem to be the standard. Um Oh, hang on. I got another I got another Pete tweet. Just came in. I had a professor who would go over what he'd lectured the last class for exactly a half hour and then would start the new lecture. I finally figured out he'd had a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class for an hour. It got changed to Tuesday, Thursday for 90 minutes. And so he just didn't restructure the class. Oh, my God. <laughs> I believe it. Right? Well, I've built this lecture for, you know, 50 minutes, 50 to 60 minutes. And so that's what the whole lesson plan is. And so now, well, we're going to change your class to Tuesday, Thursdays. And now instead of an hour, it's an hour and a half. And so, yeah, he chops the Wednesday lesson in half. And oh my gosh. And shoehorns it into the Tuesday lecture. And then he takes the second half of the Wednesday lecture and shoehorns it into the Thursday. Weird. That's called working smarter, not harder. <laughs> that's, 
<laughs> That's it. Uh, charter Day School. It's a classical charter school in, uh, in Leland, North Carolina. Its curriculum stresses the values of traditional Western civilization, clear communication, and developing tools for self-expression. I know. It's like I'm describing myself. As part of its desire to encourage chivalry and respect among young women and men, it also maintains a dress code. All right, wait, hang on, hang on. That's not even the worst of it, though. It's a, no, it's a dress code that requires girls to wear skirts. Right, there you go. That's the horror. That's the bad part. On Tuesday, earlier, well, this was actually now two weeks ago. Sorry, two weeks ago from the Washington Examiner. The Fourth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals ruled nine to six that this requirement violates the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. This is a charter school. And so what of the uh, uh, what of the public school, the the K-12 traditional government school defenders and advocates? What have they always said about charters? Charter schools are public schools. That's what this is about. I'll get you the details um, on this, as well as there's an update in the Leandro school funding case. There's a, a Supreme Court justice that the Republican lawmakers are asking to recuse herself. They want her off of this case. I mean, that's, yes, they're just seizing, they're pouncing, those evil, nasty Republicans, probably sexism, you know, that they don't want her on the. Well, I mean, that and the fact that she happened to, you know, represent the plaintiffs as a lawyer when she was a lawyer before she got the judgeship. I mean, that might be a bit of a conflict, too. So there, I mean, either way, sexism or the conflict, it's just a toss up. Talk 1110-993-WBT. Sorry, I was just reading through the uh, closed Facebook group from my homeowners association. I went and volunteered to be on the landscaping committee. And, oh, you might. Oh. <laughs> See, that they will eventually realize that I actually enjoy this. All right. Um, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I am dealing with some issues there. So anyway, the, um, charter, uh, charter day school, classical charter school, Leland, North Carolina, and they had a, uh, dress code. It required girls to wear skirts and the U S fourth circuit court of appeals ruled nine to six that that violates the constitution's equal protection clause, right? The school's defense of the skirt requirement put two questions before the court. According to Caitlin Richardson at the Washington Examiner, number one, whether charter schools are state actors subject to the Constitution and whether Title IX applies to dress codes. So on the first count, the court ruled that charter schools are public schools. Thus, they are state actors. Thus, they are bound by the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. That ruling... According to Judge Marvin Quattlebaum, in his dissent, he said that ruling is going to have ramifications far beyond any dress code requirement. This is a 
like this is a, a, a nuclear bomb dropped into the charter school movement. On the second question, because, because the whole point, by the way, of the charter schools was to give parents options to get them out of the traditional public schools. On the second question, the court affirmed that dress codes are subject to review under the anti-discrimination provisions of Title IX. Skirt requirements discriminate against girls, they argue, even if comparable burdens are placed on men. And they cited Bostock v. Clayton County. Quote, discriminating against members of both sexes does not eliminate liability, but doubles it. It wasn't long before chivalry itself was on trial. The majority was quick to dismiss the legitimacy of Charter Day School's hope to promote, as the founder, Baker Mitchell, defined it, a, quote, code of conduct where women are regarded as a fragile vessel that men are supposed to care for or to take care of and honor. Yeah, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You see the problem right here, don't you? Or you hear it, at least. Right? You can hear the problem there. How dare you? say women should be regarded as fragile vessels that men are supposed to take care of and honor. How dare you? So I, uh, I actually embrace this uh, modern standard. So if I'm on a sinking ship, I am pushing women and children out of the way and getting on that boat first. That's equality. That's equity, people. Sorry. Daryl has a question about the city buses. Okay. Sure, why not? It's Friday. Hey, Daryl, what's up? I was just wondering, yesterday I listened, to the, I listened to the news, and they came out with the announcement that, that the city people, I think, that run the city didn't know that they weren't running the city, that the bus line was uh, being run by outside people. Mm-hmm. And I... It sounded like it was a, a news to the people that are on the on the city council. Uh, it does. That's that's what they're saying. It was apparently passed under a contract in 2019. They were unaware of it because it was in the consent agenda, and they just approved the consent agenda all at once. And yeah, they apparently turned over all of the operations to a company called RATP Dev. And Katz has just sort of outsourced it all to this company. And that's, uh, I suspect, what's going on with all of the uh, the unexcused absences that you're seeing with all the bus drivers and you're hearing about all the cancellation rerouting of the uh, the routes. It, it, I suspect what's happening. It's a strike. But you can't you can't call it that because technically they're they're collective bargaining. In fact, the John Lewis, the Katz uh, CEO, he apparently said something to this effect at the. Last meeting, WBTV's David Hodges has the story uh, about this. He was he said something about yeah about the uh, yeah once the collective bargaining process is complete, uh, I think it would be an option talking about um, having this company come before the transportation committee, the city council's transportation committee. But it, it, that's the key. Once the collective bargaining process is complete, I thought that's illegal in this state. What, what, what's going on here? And the city council isn't aware of it. They don't even know who's running the bus company or, or running the system. And you're, in, you're engaged in contract negotiations of a collective bargaining nature with a union. And now we're seeing all of these people call in sick. I'm thinking that's a strike.
I'm thinking that's what we're seeing, but nobody can say what we're seeing because it's illegal. That's that's my first read on it. I have no idea what you know what the uh, actual case is, but that's my first hot take. Well, I, you, to me, uh, for this, for them not to know this that are on the council, uh, what, what what are they there for? Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many other things are being run by somebody else? It's uh, you know, my my son. He's been a town city manager or county manager for about 40 years. And, mm. and he, he said, you know, they're right on top of stuff to, to do the yeah. business of the city in a business-like way. And for people to not know that, they're, that what they're doing, what, they're, what are they there for, I, I don't know. Yeah. They well, seem, it's, I think they it's... seem to be good at fussing. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's one of the problems that arises with large organizations, a large city like this, is that you get detached, right, from uh, from the representative to the actual operations of the organization. Uh, Daryl, thank you for the call, sir. I appreciate it. That's no, a good question. I I do. I think, like I said, I've just read the story at WBTV. It's the only information I've got on it right now, but it seems like, to me, it seems like what we have been witnessing is probably some sort of work action that the union is coordinating in order to squeeze cats on this negotiation. That's what it looks like, but I don't know because we all just found out that there's this company that's been running the operation all this time and they got a collective bargaining agreement, which I also thought was not legal in this state, but you learn something new every day on this program, including me. Uh, So let's see here. The case national Alliance For public charter schools. Sorry, that's not the case. The case is from uh, this uh, charter day school. The National Alliance for Public Charter Schools says that the case is the first time a federal appellate court considered whether public charter school students deserve the same constitutional civil rights protections as district public school students. And while the National Alliance believed the outcome was right, Judge Quattlebaum disagreed out of concern that the majority's designation of charter schools as state actors would limit the choices they are designed to encourage, which, of course, is the point of the litigation. That's the point. The point is to try to rein back in the first attempt at school choice charter schools. On the second question about the skirts, they say the skirts... Uh, requirement discriminates against girls, even if there are comparable burdens placed on the men. The majority was quick to dismiss the legitimacy of the school's um, argument. They say along with enforcing the skirt requirement for girls, which actually allows for jumpers and skorts as well, teaching chivalry required boys to hold the door open for the young ladies and to carry an umbrella to keep girls from the rain. The court claimed that this requirement, quote, blatantly perpetuates harmful gender stereotypes, siding with the plaintiff's argument that the dress code conveys a view that girls are worth less than boys. Hey, you morons. The reason why guys protect girls is because they're more important to society, you raging idiots. It's not that they're weaker. It's not that they're less than. It's that they're more than. And now you know. And knowing is one to grow on.
right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So if this court ruling stands against this Leland, North Carolina Charter Day School that had a dress code requiring girls to wear skirts, if that stands, this ruling that says that's unconstitutional, that charter schools are public schools and therefore are state actors, therefore are bound by you know Title IX, non-discrimination laws, all that stuff, New York Post editorial says it could mean, in effect, the end of charters as they exist. It provides a legal rationale for them to be brought under the thumb of the states and city educrats nationwide who are eager to handcuff charters for daring to bring educational options to students failed by traditional public schools. One need look no further than the long list of progressive organizations that filed amicus briefs, friend of the court briefs, in response to the ruling. National Women's Law Center. Ask Me, the American Fe- uh, Federation of Teachers, California Women Lawyers, Coalition of Labor Union Women, Gender Justice, Southern Poverty Law Center, and the NEA. Liberal groups that favor choice, right, appear to oppose education choice for those fortunate enough to have been born. Why? Well, Cal Thomas at the Washington Times says, I think a politically and morally progressive curriculum is the only way the left has any hope of creating a new generation of like-minded people. And that's absolutely the case. Right? That, that's, how, that's how you affect the revolution. It is by taking a couple generations of kids, preferably back-to-back, and, you know, steeping them in the ways. Uh, finally, legislative leaders want the North Carolina Supreme Court Justice Anita Earls to recuse herself from the Leandro school funding case, they say Earls, you know, kind of might have a bit of a conflict of interest, given that she participated in the case as an attorney representing one of the plaintiff interveners. Yeah, ah, that might be a problem. Oh, also, um, she filed friend of the court briefs on behalf of 10 organizations. One of them was the Coalition for Social Justice that she founded. So it's, she's been part of this case. Yeah, she should not be sitting in judgment of it. Two six-packs of shiner, 99-cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, tank of gas that ought to do her. I can feel a good one coming on. So in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone Another working week is over No chance of staying sober I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we're gonna roll all night We're gonna get the feeling right We're gonna keep this I mean, just because you're a lawyer for a party and then you become the judge overseeing that case, I mean, really, is that a conflict? Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang followed us down to the lake and didn't have to think about that too long. Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right 
I can feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one Feel like a good one I can feel a good one coming on All right, so that's a wrap for the week. Uh, we got some big plans. I think I'm going to go down to Rock Hill. Go check out the old stomping grounds. Maybe. See if anybody recognizes me. I'll have to talk real loudly. You know? So, hey, aren't you that guy? No. All right, have a good weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Y'all don't break anything while I'm gone. Good one.